The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras Podcast. Hi Krishna everyone, you are listening to The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras, the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. My name is Nam Ras. I'm here with Garuda Prabhu and Bashugosh Prabhu. Thank you Prabhu so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. So uh, this is a very interesting topic and uh the there have been a lot of comments about 200 comments on that post that i made with this flyer and everything so just wanted to give a little bit of background on how we came across this why we're talking about this i believe that dialogue is really important in the Hare krishna community there's a lot of different topics that are very polemic that can be very divided very controversial but i think it's really important to hear both sides of any topic of any perspective and i think this will be a great example to hear from two devotees who respect each other who also have talked about this before amongst themselves privately and also to um open up this conversation and open up dialogue with this with this topic because it's been a lot of um very uh, you know very charged a very charged kind of topic so um also, I want to explain why we why we made it co- uh, female Diksha Gurus as opposed to Vaishnavi Diksha Gurus. From it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's they're the same thing: Vaishnavis, females, uh, Matajis, whatever you want to call it. But uh, the official ISKCON term is the female Diksha Guru. That's why we, it was no disrespect towards anyone. We we of course know that they are Vaishnavis, um, and. I also want to say, please be kind and respectful in the comment section. I know there's going to be a lot of dialogue in the comment section, so please be respect- respectful there. There might be something that's said that you don't agree with, but that's okay. Everyone has their own perspectives. Like these two Prabhus, they have their own perspectives. They're going to say their perspectives, and that doesn't mean just because it's against what you believe in doesn't mean you have to, you know, ad hominem attacks or this person like that, etc. Um, so I just want to start off by a little bit of intro on uh, Bashu Gosh Prabhu and uh, Garuda Prabhu. So maybe Bashu Gosh Prabhu, you can start us off. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, just very briefly, how you joined, where you joined, what year, uh, and now what what have you done since then? Well, I joined, I moved into the temple with the encouragement of a senior god brother in February 1973 in in Evanston, Illinois, which is the home of Northwestern University, Garuda Prabhu, being an academic. He went to the University of Chicago, so he he probably, I don't know if he visited the Evanston temple. Oh, yes, I, I lived there. Oh, okay. So that was an old segregated yeah. African-American to use the, well, even that term is being disputed now, you know, in all the political correctness of the West. But, uh, you know, they called it the Negro YMCA. That's what the building was. And I was there from February 73 till February 74. Tamohara Prabhu was my day-to-day boss in the uh, Spiritual Sky Incense warehouse in the basement of the building. 
but he didn't last long. He went, he left after a couple months. Sri Govinda Prabhu was the temple president. Lakshmi Narayan Prabhu uh, was the vice president. Jasumati Nandan Prabhu was there. He was the temple Indian, uh, so to speak. And <laughs> after a year, yeah, after a year living in the temple, Jasumati Nandan Prabhu went away. He got married in Los Angeles. And he came back for the December marathon and he asked me, do you want to come to India? So I said, I'm sure, you know. And at that time, Kirti Raj Prabhu, who lives in Alachua, had obtained 50 entry visas from the Indian consulate in New York. There was no Chicago, Houston, Atlanta, San Francisco. It was Indian Embassy in Washington, Indian Consulate in New York. So I got an entry visa. I'm cutting a longer story short. And almost to the year, the year to the day, I landed in Bombay. And I joined, to make a really long story short, joined a Chutananda ex-Swami. He lives in Alachua. Uh, and with him, I came to Hyderabad, not physically with him, ahead of him. And uh, those first two months in India, I was, you know, a, a very junior devotee with Prabhupada in Juhu, Mayapur, Vrindavan, again Juhu, and then Hyderabad, and then Tirupati. We had Darshan Abhalaji with Prabhupada. I traveled with the Chutananda September 74 till, I guess it was January 75. And there was a split. I joined Iskan Hyderabad and Prabhupada inaugurated that temple on Janmashtami 76. I flew with him from Bombay, long story, from Bombay to Hyderabad. And uh, after Prabhupada's disappearance, there I, I wanted to leave Hyderabad a year later. And uh, I had options and I, I I was already attached to India, but I knew Jasomati Nandan Prabhu asked me to come to Gujarat. So I went to Ahmedabad, like March, 1979. Seems like yesterday, it's almost 43 years. Uh, and I stayed in Gujarat. I, I was in Ahmedabad for a year, Baroda for two months, Surat for a year and a half, Back to Ahmedabad, then back to Ahmedabad, but traveling book distribution in Gujarat only for six months. And then we collected money to build a traveling bus. But before it was ready, I went back to Surat for a year and a half. And then just around the time of Indira Gandhi's assassination, which is a, you know, remarkable, unfortunate period, we had met her. We had met her in uh, Delhi in 1980 for 15, 20 minutes. Sorry, there's a bit of a minor disturbance here. The podcast has started. So yeah, uh, I said I entered Grihasta Ashram, and I settled in Baroda, where Jasomati Nandan Prabhu had gotten a six-acre plot of land from the government at a throwaway price today, and it's like worth hundreds of times more. Nobody has six acres in the town, what to speak of, you know. Then we built the temple, 
that was opened. It's almost 23 years ago. On, uh, well, 22 years ago. Krishna Janmashtami, 1999. And uh, it's a landmark place. In fact, I don't know. <laughs> in the United States, a lot of people don't follow the politics of Gujarat. It's a state of 50 million people. So it's bigger in population than Iran, for instance, etc., etc. And recently, you know, the Prime Minister of India is from Gujarat. The Home Minister of India is from Gujarat. They removed the, the entire cabinet, the state government, put a new chief minister, which is like a governor here, and took out all the old ministers and replaced them. And the new Home Minister visited Iskan Baroda the other day. And it was a big visit with like 500, all the, the local member of parliament, the local MLAs was very successful. They all took prasad at the temple. And ISKCON in Gujarat has 23 centers. ISKCON in India has 400. I'm also a member of the Mayapur executive board. And right now we're grappling with an audit that was done of the different departments in Mayapur. Also, I'm after Bhakti Charu Maharaj's unfortunate disappearance from this world. I'm the regional secretary from Ujjain, for, for Ujjain, uh, taking his place. Uh, but I'm just an umbrella. You know, I, I, my, my policy is, not, is to really, I'm not a control freak. I know, you know, uh, the history of ISKCON is full of them. And uh, we, we have them in India. Uh, we have them everywhere. I mean, you know, it's just human nature. But my policy is to boost up other people, to bring them up. Uh, I haven't had this regional uh, responsibility because Jasomati Nandan Prabhu was always the boss. And he is a remarkable figure, having translated and published all Prabhupada's books in Gujarati. He didn't translate them. He got them translated and he edited them. What, Prabhu, what have you been doing more recently? Yeah, I've been in the United States for, four, it'll be 14 months at okay. the end of this month, but I'm going back to India Wonderful. in two weeks, in two weeks. Uh, I've been living independently. I've been doing my duties by Zoom meetings. Wonderful. You know, I'm, a, I'm the vice chairman of ISKCON Indian Governing Bureau. Okay. Uh, which is the legal body of ISKCON in India. I see. So the ISKCON India governing body met at Ahmedabad, the last physical meeting before the pandemic. And I'm vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I have many friends who are anti-vaxxers, but, you know, we can agree to disagree. And, uh, you know, I don't want to fight with them. And But they, they're very opinionated. Right. So, okay, let's. Uh, we can give now Garuda Prabhu a chance sure, to sure. Uh, intro. Yeah, go ahead, Garuda Prabhu. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> I came to the ashram in Baltimore, Maryland, where I was attending uh, Johns Hopkins University. After I had just come back from India, where I went with five other friends. And I didn't like where they were going. So I said bye to all of them. I said, I have to go to Vrindavan because I've been reading Bhagavad Gita for years. This is age 18, by the way. 
And I ended up in Vrindavan, unbeknownst to me, on Janmashtami Eve of all times. So I went there and then I got entangled with a rather powerful yogi. <laughs> so I, I guess I got all that sort of Ashtanga yoga out of my system there. I think Krishna knew I needed to do that. So eventually I came back. He made me shave my head and uh, beard and, and, and I had a shika. I showed up at the Baltimore temple and um, they, this is in 1972. And they said, uh, uh, the lady who answered said, uh, Oh, Hari Bol Prabhu. I, what language is that? What is, what is, what is Hari Bol Prabhu? You know, she's, and I, she said, where are you from? What temple are you from? I said, well, I came back from Vrindavan. She said, Oh, new Vrindavan. I said, new Vrindavan? I know of a new Delhi. I don't know of a new Vrindavan. Anyway, I was just getting, you know, introduced to the movement. So eventually um, I quit school after three years um, and uh, went to Washington, D.C. and moved into the ashram there. And there was Damodar, the original 26-2nd Avenue Damodar Das. Well, that was very fortunate because he was a very smart devotee, very dedicated, very de devoted. And uh, he would come to my ashram room and read something from me for me. And he said, everything is there but Krishna. This is Plotinus. So he was always kind of eclectic and always seeing how everything was connected to Krishna intellectually. Rupanuga Prabhu was the GBC at the time. And gradually, uh, well, I was traded. Um, back then, you you were traded. Um, it, it was it, like a, it was, a, I don't know how to explain it, but you were traded. Um, the the new temple president didn't like me because I wouldn't cheat people on book distribution. So he got rid of me and got me to Philadelphia where Ravindra Sarup was. And he sent someone else in my place. So I was traded up to Philadelphia or traded down, depends on how you want to look at it. So, so, so Ravindra Sarup, of course, I was helping him finish his doctorate. And at that time, also the Bhaktivedanta Institute was being formed by Prabhupada and Srub Damodar. So I was part of all of that. But I only had three years of undergraduate. So I had um, applied to the University of Chicago doctoral program uh, after I finished up at American University my one year. And it was kind of miraculous, but I'm not going to go into those details. Um, Basically, I was the first devotee to go back to school to become an academic intellectual expert on us. We saw how Prabhupada loved the appreciations for his books from academics. I mean, he just loved those appreciations. So it was now time for one of us to be uh, one of us in the academic world. So as... Um, uh, when I finished up at the University of Chicago, um, Satsarup also was involved in my cultivating this sort of thing because he had written read, readings of Vedic literature, in Vedic literature. So in Rupanuga's last letter to Prabhupada, I believe it was his hundredth letter, uh, Rupanuga had received a hundred letters from Prabhupada. In the last paragraph, in the last letter he wrote, he said about what I was doing on my way to Harvard, because I, I got into the Harvard uh, program, 
He said, our idea is to establish the pure theism of Lord Chaitanya at Harvard, vanquishing the Christian monopoly on theology. Wow. Okay. Satsrup forced me to send my master's thesis on the Chaitanya Charitamrita to Prabhupada in August of 77. And Prabhupada um, conveyed extremely encouraging words that every day I remember. So, um, so ever since I've been, you know, involved in the academics, but involved in temple life as well. Always lived near a temple and was very involved in the temples. Um, so I started, you know, 50 years ago, and uh, I was at in the Boston area for 13 some years, and uh, and then have um, academic positions. I've been teaching for 35 years and using Prabhupada's Gita in practically every course I teach. So it's uh, very interesting to see how the academics relate to our movement. My whole um, uh, seva is really about establishing the highest principle of Krishna Bhakti theology in the intellectual world because its treasures have yet to be appreciated. So I've been, you know, trying to publish with uh, uh, very fine publishers such as Yale and Princeton, Oxford, um, uh, and, and so on. Um, uh, some devotees uh, criticize, they say, you know, you can't write about Krishna unless you're a pure devotee. And uh, and then I said, well, if Prabhupada wanted me to stop writing, he would have told me at the time I, he saw my master's degree, uh, my master's thesis, that is. So I think that uh, Lord Chaitanya's mercy, his grace, is more powerful than my inebriates uh, in representing Krishna Bhakti theology all these years. So that's what I've been doing. And I'm on two faculties. I'm at a university in Virginia, and I'm at a university in Berkeley. And um, I teach graduate students, doctoral students in Berkeley, and I teach undergrads here. And um, I, I closely associated with the Nutama's temple up in Potomac, Maryland. Where, okay. where we'll go, yeah. So that's uh, that's a brief a brief one. Great. Great. So, so um, I'm hearing an echo for some reason. Oh. Is it coming from here? Um, no, I'm not hearing it anymore. It's okay. Okay. So let's get into the topic. So first of all, I want to address why. How did this topic come about? Like, what was it that? made you Prabhu is contact me and say, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this, con this, this conversation. Well, Basu, may I, may I uh, kick in here? It, it, it's sort of funny the way it happened, right? Basu. I mean, um, Basu was in oh. Dallas <laughs> and he was going to lunch a couple of times with, with Yudhishthira G of Dallas long time. You know, he, he was coming to my, my place for Prasad. Oh, he's coming to your place for Prasad. Okay. Right. I didn't, no, the we exact were, we, were, we were sitting on the floor. <laughs> I yeah. was surprised that he could even do it, but he is an athlete, a yeah, retired okay. ex-athlete. Yeah, yeah. I sit on the floor all the time, and I'm no athlete. I'm yeah, no athlete. Well, he's, you know, he suffered injuries. Uh, oh, that's now. right. He did. The tennis, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's a tennis... Uh, Expert. He's a tennis man. Yeah, yeah he is. So... so so that's how it happened uh, that uh, Yudhishthira wrote to me and said, I've I had some wonderful visits with Basu Ghoshji. And, uh, you know, do you know him? I said, I've never met Basu Ghosh. And, you know, honestly, Basu, isn't it amazing how many god brothers and god sisters I have never met? 
after 50 years? Well, you know, there's devotees all over the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, even the U.S. is spread out. It is spread out, yeah. Everyone is not in Alachua. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, everyone exactly. is not in Alachua. Yeah, but they don't know that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So oh, we'll be hearing from the Alachuans now. Okay, good. Uh, so so anyway, so um, uh, Yudhishthir uh, suggested this, that we have a, a talk about this topic. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. I mean, I haven't really done much on it. Um, and um, and I wrote to uh, Basu Goshti, and uh, he seemed uh, amenable, maybe a little nervous at first. <laughs> so, so, because uh, talking to me is not a pleasant thing. I understand that. Uh, uh, many no, people, yeah. My experience was very uh, well, different. Yeah, well, <laughs> enjoyable. Enjoyable. Yeah. No, we had an I enjoyable. wanted to even come down and meet you, but yeah, after driving up and down to New Jersey, and you know, three and a half hours, it's a bit painful. It's been and busy. I think it's yeah. a similar type of drive, the other side. And not anyway, as bad. Not as bad, by the way. Oh, well, yeah. I'm still open to the idea. Yeah, okay, we can it's get just together. That I am heading the other way this week to Delaware. Okay, good. Where good. my youngest son is going to be settling for a year or so. Well, the person who made the, the our connection, Yudhishthir, today happens to be his birthday. So this could oh, be, he can consider this a birthday present. Wow. <laughs> Happy birthday, you just yeah. 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 So that's how it came out. And you contacted me and then yeah. we went from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so let's let's start out with um an opening statement from each of you. I'm gonna time it five minutes just so we have some structure, uh, if that's all right. So I guess um mm -hmm. Bashagosh Prabhu, you can start us off. Just well re, you know, five minutes, give okay. your give your uh what your viewpoint is on this whole thing. Because I don't think everyone knows what, I, I think people thought because it was two men here that it was gonna be like, okay, we're all we're all not for this or we're all for this. It's like, let's, let's get a little bit deeper into what you're thinking. You see, during the time of Srila Prabhupada and from many, many statements from Srila Prabhupada, we can understand that he had a very traditional view of the role of women in society. And that included his ISKCON society. And that view is not acceptable to the concept of feminism. And if you look up the word feminism in the dictionary, can I read it with your permission? Please. You've got five minutes. Yeah. I didn't keep it. Uh, the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. That's uh, the supposedly Oxford Eng American Dictionary supplied on Macintosh computers, which is what I am sitting on right now. Mm -hmm. So in 21 years ago, it's almost 22 years ago, the GBC of ISKCON, heavily Westerners, uh, I mean, with a few exceptions, Western devotees like us too. And I guess Namrasa is a Western devotee. Oh, he's Western. Indian, he's totally Indian Western. Family. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm Indian. Look at me. No, no he, yeah. you're Western. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm as Western as, as the next one, as the rest of us. Yeah. So the, the GBC passed a resolution based on a feminist push, which was the re resolution of 2000 calling for 
equality in service for women, equality for women in service in ISKCON. And that was followed up by a paper from, I think it's 2005, of, by the so-called, I say so-called Shastra Advisory Committee, because we're not happy with those papers. But they, <laughs> you know, with convoluted logic, approved of the concept of female Diksha gurus. Now, the reason for that, our apprehension or our feeling is, it's just feminism in another, you know, it's just feminism raising its, its head. You know, the gender equality movement. So you have Kamala Harris. You know, these are icons of gender equality. I could, we don't have to name all the names, you know, but women want to be equal with men. And that's not limited to the United States. It's going on in India as well, you know. Uh, anyway, is that five minutes or I don't know what? No, no, no. You have a, you have a, a two and a half minutes left. Okay. So over the years, we, ISKCON India has been opposing this concept. And we're outnumbered uh, as far as in democ democracy at the top among the GBC of ISKCON. Uh, we passed resolution in 2010, and then in 2019, November, we passed a resolution. After the GBC passed their authorization of female Diksha gurus, we passed a resolution uh, expressing our strong opposition. And I can read that uh, during this session if you want, just for clarification, but not right now. Uh, the GBC met in Mayapur, their last physical meeting, February 2020. Myself and Dayaram made a presentation. Dayaram, the president of ISKCON Calcutta. I don't know if you know him. He used to be the general manager of Mayapur. Uh, he's a graduate of the IIT Bombay Computer Science, 1981. The famous, or in our view, infamous Madhupandit Das, was his classmate. Four of them joined together, got mm -hmm. initiated by Jayapataka Swami. So we made our presentation and uh, the pro-FDG faction of the GBC made a presentation. And then the GBC voted to hold the implementation of FDGs in abeyance until there was a dialogue between the bureau representatives and the GBC representatives. So I was on the bureau representatives team. We had a number of meetings, Brahmatirtha Prabhu, who I know for many years. I'm, I'm not particularly close to him, but we're very friendly. And because of these meetings and, and other issues, we've we become friendly over the phone. The, and I visited him in January at that BI Gainesville place he has there. For an hour, I was with him. Jayadweta Maharaj was there. I spent an hour with him. Time is up. Yes. Sorry. Uh, Sorry to okay. finish your thought. Well, thought, you thought know, there. It, 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 the thought was that the, the dialogue had never reached a, a mutually acceptable a conclusion. There, It's a divide. It's a schism. Right. right. Okay. Thank you. you Ruta Prabhu, please go ahead. Okay. Well, um, I, I'd like to respond a little bit to to what Basu Goshji is, is is saying. 
and and I I agree that the this equality thing between men and women is 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 not correct. I don't think uh, uh, Prabhupada said there's not equality there. Um, but then, but then again, even among women, there's not equality, and then among men, there's not equality. There's no I don't know where the equality is, except on a spiritual level. Honestly, it's about qualification. You know, I mean, I, I'm not uh, equal. We've talked about our friend Yudhishthir. I'm not equal on the tennis court to Yudhishthir. I'm just not. In fact, I would be embarrassed to go on the tennis court. It's all about qualification, and it's all about the absolute principle of Krishna Bhakti, Bhakti Uttama. Um, as you know, Krishnanushilanam Bhakti Uttama. And the absolute principle of Bhakti is what I am concerned that it should be preserved at all cost. That this is, this is, there's no way to eclipse or limit the possibilities in bhakti. And we've seen in the history of Krishna bhakti tradition that there have been all kinds of different gurus and gurvis even. And I'm not someone who's fond of institutional adjudications of relationships. Uh, Prabhupada said you should not be a father or mother unless you can uh, you know, liberate your dependents. Well, I don't see the ISKCON GBC interviewing every parent if they're qualified to, you know, liberate their dependents. Um, guru, guru is a relationship word. It's not an institutional word. If I tell all of you that I'm a father, you know, I, I, I'm sure, you know, Basu would congratulate me and, and, uh, he has children and even grandchildren. Congratulations on that, Basu. And um, and, and and then Nam Rasa, he's got lovely children. I'm sure you would both say, Garuda, that is so great. Thank you. Uh, do you have a boy or a girl? Oh, oh, I don't have any children yet, but I'm a father. See, father is a relationship word. Guru is a relationship word. You're not a guru unless you have students. If I tell you I'm a professor, oh, well, that's great. Where do you teach? Oh, I, I'm not teaching anywhere. I don't, I'm, I, I don't teach at any universities. Well, then how can you call yourself a professor? It doesn't work. So guru is a relationship word. Guru shishya. What forms that takes in my, at, at this point, and I'm, I'm interested in learning from Basu Ghosh, and, and you, uh, Namrasa, I'm, I'm here to learn. But in my understanding of the, the absolute principles of Krishna Bhakti, there's no predicting what forms Krishna Bhakti will take. I mean, honestly, I never thought we would be listening to a woman's voice every morning and greeting the deities. Now, how did that happen? I mean... You know, maybe th that would be uncomfortable in India, whereas in the West, maybe it's not so uncomfortable. Um, I was personal friends with Yamuna, very close for a good three years. She moved to this area with Dina Tarni. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, again, it's a, I, to my mind, it's about qualification. One who knows Krishna Tattva 
is the key thing. And I'll just um, give my remaining minutes or seconds over to uh, to the to, to our group here. Okay, thank you, Prabhu. I just wanted to address uh, some devotees were wondering why it's three men discussing something that has to do with uh, Vaishnavi things like Vaishnavi Diksha Gurus. Well, the it was it was it was purely a practical thing in the sense of. Uh, or, or incidental that these prabhus approached me that they wanted to talk about it. If 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 two senior ladies wanted to approach me and wanted to talk about it, then I would be very open to it. But this is just how it happened. So it's nothing like oh, we want to not have the the you know the Vaishnavi voice uh, on this topic. It's just how it ended up. But um, may, but, may I add a footnote to that? Please, yeah, please. Just a quick footnote and. I, again, I don't see uh, male and female being an issue, at least in my mind, and, and maybe it, it should be. But I just see who's qualified. I mean, who, who and, and not just who's qualified, but where are the natural relationships occurring between, you know, guides, spiritual, who is inspiring me? The, those are my gurus. You know, I had an inspiring talk with Basu Ghosh a couple of weeks ago. He he was he was a Shiksha guru for me. He was telling me all kinds of things that was really just wonderful to hear. You know, so uh, again, it's it's I think it's not about men or women. I think it's about Vaishnavas. Right. So I guess Basu Ghosh Prabhu, maybe you can answer my question now. Um, what is it? What is it about, like the legislation of guruship, that um, because you're a part of the management in India, what is their view on legislating guruship, and even furthermore, the why, the issue of of Vaishnavis becoming gurus? See, mother is the first guru, so it's not that women are not gurus. However. If you don't mind me, you know, maybe it's a little not what you're asking. Go ahead. Like Bilva Mangal wrote, Chintamani Gurorme. Mm. Chintamani was my guru. She was a right. prostitute. She was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. So how can a prostitute be a guru? So that's the kind of guru maybe Guruda Prabhu was talking about. Maybe he wasn't. <laughs> I don't consider you a prostitute, Bashu. I don't. No, no, no. no. What I mean to say... <laughs> What I mean to say, see, Shiksha Guru, Prabhupada, there's this famous uh, purport by Prabhupada, which the feminists in, in, in ISKCON are, are doing their darndest, because I don't want to use expletives, to obfuscate, where Prabhupada clearly wrote that Dhruva was, you know, about to get in an airplane to go to Baikunta, remembered his mother. Because if it wasn't for his mother, he wouldn't have met Vishnu. So his mother, Prabhupada, wrote, she was his Pata Pradarshika. Pata is the path. Right. Which is, you know, it's funny. It's a Sanskrit word, but it's in English. Pata, path. That's right. Pradarshika, one who shows. And so he wrote in his purport that she was his Pata. See, the, the verse has nothing to do with the topic of guru. Nothing whatsoever. And here Prabhupada clearly writes, she was his Pata Pradarshika Guru and Shiksha Guru. Then he wrote, there's no difference between the Shiksha Guru and the Diksha Guru. 
Yeah. And then he, he wrote that usually the Shiksha Guru becomes the Diksha Guru. But then he wrote, being a woman, and specifically his mother, she could not be Dhruva's Diksha Guru. So, you see, oh, this comes to the role of women in society. Now, we accept there are 12 Mahajans, right? I don't have to recite the verse, or do you right. want me to? No, no, no. What is it? Swayambur, Narada, Shambhu, Narada, Kapilo, Manu. Yep. Okay. So Bhishma was lying on a bed of arrows, Sharashaya. It's also called Banashaya. And Lord Krishna inspires Yudhishthira. Not inspires, he tells, let's go. And you get Dharma Upadesh. You can learn what is Dharma from Bhishma. So one of the verses, see, that Upadesh is in the Mahabharata, in the Shanti Parva or Anushasana Parva, after the battle of Kurukshetra. Obviously, that's when Bhishma was on the bed of arrows. And there's one in the Bhagavatam 1.9.27. And the verse is Dana Dharman, Raja Dharman, Moksha Dharman, Vibhagashaha. What is the what is how to give in charity? Dana Dharman. What charity should you give? Nowadays, uh, the, the Hindus are imitating the West as far as charity goes. Schools and hospitals, right? Dana Dharman. But there were no schools and hospitals in India. There weren't. Schools means the kind of edifice that Garuda Prabhu is teaching in and many others. They're popping up all over India. Popping up means untold fortunes are being spent to build these big buildings. Never existed. Dana Dharman, Raja Dharman, how to rule the kingdom. Moksha Dharman, how to get liberation. And then the next word, Sri Dharman, the duties of women. And after that, Bhagavat Dharman, the duties of devotees, bhaktas. Samasa Vyasa Yogataha. In brief and in, uh, 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 what is the word? Uh, uh, extensively, this was described by Bhishma to Yudhishthira in the presence of Lord Krishna. So women have their own role in society. Now women are the greatest devotees of Krishna. The Vraja Gopis and the, uh, the Dvija Patnis of Vrindavan are the examples. And there are many others, Kunti Devi, uh, etc., etc. Right? Kunti's prayers. So it's not that women can, and, and then there's the famous verse in Gita, Mam hi partha vyapashritya, those who take shelter of me, ye peace you who papa yonayaha, who are born in sinful wombs. Now I didn't, this is, these are Krishna's words in Gita. And, and uh, you know, we have very intelligent scholars, in, not Garuda Prabhu, but other, so, uh, other scholars saying, well, Papa Yonaya is, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not sinful. I, I, I don't know. They want to contradict Krishna. That's what's going on. And then Krishna says, Striyaha, women, 
Vaisha's business community, which I think Namarasa's parents belong to, if I'm not mistaken, but you, he can tell me better. And Sriyo Vaishas Tata Shudras. Now, the vast majority of human society are the servant class, the Shudras, the legs. Tepi Yanti Paragatim, they can attain the highest destination. Now, be, not being a Diksha guru for a woman does not disqualify a woman from getting liberation, from getting moksha. When the Vraja Gopi, when the Dvija Patnis, excuse me, when the Dvija Patnis left everything and came to Krishna, what did Krishna do? You are greater devotees than your husbands. Now you perform the sacrifices and they'll look after the children, cook and clean the house. He could have told them that, right? Gender equality. They were greater. Go and serve your husbands. It's in the Bhagavatam. 10th Canto, 23rd chapter. Go back and assist them. Women were always in Vedic society in a supporting role, not in a leading role. And there are many quotations from Prabhupada. I'm ready to produce them here today. I'd like to hear... Yeah, thank you, Prabhu. I'd like to hear what Garuda Prabhu has to say about that, about what Gosha Prabhu was saying, but also yeah. in particular about that verse from Dhruva Maharaj's chapter where he kind of, Prabhupada really spells it out there. Yeah, well, um, what my, my understanding uh, after all these years um, uh, is that, you know, Prabhupada spoke of Varnashrama Dharma in three different forms. What Basugoshi is is uh, talking about, if I'm not misunderstanding him, is is the Vedic Varnashram system. <clears throat> now, the Vedic Varnashram system belongs in Vedic times. Prabhupada spoke of two other forms of Varnashrama. He didn't call it this, but he spoke of it. He called it about natural Varnashrama. In other words, Varnashrama is a principle of society that is always occurring whether you like it or not. It's naturally there, but it's in a partial form, in an imperfect form, and, and incomplete form, and so on. So it's a naturally occurring structure of human society. And then, of course, you know, we know it comes from the Purusha Sukta and the Vedas and so on, the different uh, part, uh, body parts of society, so to speak, right? The analog to the different body parts the head, the arms, the stomach, the legs, and so on. Um, but but the Vedic Varnashrama in Kali Yuga is not possible. So what we have is what Prabhupada called, or what the Chaitanya Charitamrita uh, refers to, as Daiva Varnashrama. Now, what Daiva Varnashrama does is it turns Vedic Varnashrama on its head. And Vedic Varnashrama is beautiful because it, you will be implicated toward uh, liberation, birth after birth. You will rise, you will rise up to a liberated state eventually. Natural Varnashrama implicates everyone toward sin. You know, you, you will be demoted forever and ever and uh, Nitya Buddha, you know, is what, is what you're headed for, for natural Varnashrama, incomplete Varnashrama. Daiva Varnashrama turns Vedic Varnashrama on its head. Because it doesn't wait for the, the gradual elevation of souls up to a liberated state, but rather 
it brings anyone in any position, anywhere, no matter how sinful, the jagais and mudais, whatever, to a liberated state. It's the fast track of Harinama Sankirtan. This is Daiva Varnashrama, and there's no formula for Daiva Varnashrama. Even Mahaprabhu Goranga took sannyas at 24. No one invaded Varnashrama, you don't take sannyas at 24. You take it later on in life. So it just is an example. Now, I'm speaking very formulaically, Basu, right? It's, I mean, it, you know, there are always exceptions and, and so on. But, but in, in Daiva Varnashrama, it's whatever position whatever angle of approach, whatever talents one has, proclivities, propensities, whatever, that is engaged in Krishna's service. So when we read, now when Basu Goshti was uh, quoting the, the Bhagavad Gita, um, uh, and by the way, you have very nice Sanskrit pronunciation, uh, Basu Goshti, I've been studying Sanskrit for decades, so I like your pronunciation very much, and good exegesis too, so it's very good. Now, I'd like to uh, uh, point out a uh, a verse in the Gita, Krishna's last words. And, and, you know, Krishna, of course, is engaged in a dialogue with Arjuna, and he presents all these various philosophical understandings and viewpoints. But then at the end, after he presents the ultimate teaching of the Gita, verses 64 through 66 in chapter 18, the last words he speaks was chapter 72. Kachet echat shrutam parta, right? Twayaika grena chetasa. Have you heard this whole teaching with thought focused on the single highest point? Ekagra, eka, agra, single highest point. And this has to do this is point, this is transforming that whole Vedic vision into the vision of Mahaprabhu Goranga, the vision of Krishna Prema. And whatever we need to do, what however form it happens to take in Kali Yuga, that's what we do to get there. So I so I can't relate. Now, the only thing I can't relate to that Basu Goshti is, is saying is this feminist thing and I guess what's the opposite of feminism? Um, traditionalism, or I don't work with those terms, Basugo. I apologize for my, you know, um, lacking here. I, I'm not a very political person. I, you know, I. It's it's about Krishna Prema. If if someone comes to a, another devotee who is seasoned, who is realized, and begs him or her for further guidance, further instruction, it would behoove them to offer it. I, I'd like to hear uh, Bashi Ghosh Prabhu um, response as well as maybe a, my question is that what is the, what is, so I know this is kind of divided between ISKCON India and ISKCON America, it seems from what, from where I'm looking at about pro and against, but what is what is the issue with like it's not like many women will come forward to become gurus. I'm sure it might be like maybe few, like because I don't think the the position of diksha guru is something that people want to go after because it takes it's a lot of responsibility. You know, there's all this other stuff involved with 
giving initiation. So yeah. I guess w- my question is, what is the issue with having just a few ladies give initiation? Why does it make such a big difference? I guess is my question. Okay. Uh, I have a bit of a difference of opinion with Garuda Prabhu. And what he said, based on what Rupa Goswami taught in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And that is Shruti Smriti Puranadi, Pancharatra Vidhim Vina, Raikanti Ki Harer Bhaktir Utpata Yaiva Kalpate. Bhakti without reference to Shastras just causes a disturbance in society. This is the translation. And when the Shastras, Shruti are the Vedas, Smriti are the Dharma Shastras, Manu and other, there are 80 of them. Itihasa Purana. Shruti Smriti Puranadi. Puranas and Itihasas. Pancharatra, there's 140, 150, whatever. Only the Ramanuja Sampradaya studies it. Uh, So without following that, because what I heard from you was, well, if you have bhakti, there's no form, you can do anything. But that's, I disagree on that point. You have to follow the instructions of Shastras. Now, the in human society, there is gender distinction in Vedic thought. I'll give you some examples of that if you don't mind, but you got to give me the time. If you're going to give a time limit and then bang, you know. Uh, here in this country, I'm, I'm from here, but I lived 46 years in India, although, you know, it'll be 48. But here, I've been here the last 13 months in, in, in this, uh, we call it Patala Lokam, some people, <laughs> the hellish planets. You know, there are hellish planets where you enjoy sense gratification, right? It's not all punishment. There are different hells, right? So, so Prabhupada came to a hell. Well, this is the this is considered the middle planet, right? This okay. is in the in the fourteen planetary systems. This is in a nutshell. So anyway, on gender distinction. I want to, if you don't mind, can I read something from Chaitanya Charitamrita? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's from Adi Lila ten one one thirty seven. Madhavi Devi, Shiki Mahitir Bhagini. Shri Radhar Dasi Madhye Jar Namagani. So that's the Bengali. I'm just the translation by Prabhupada is Madhavi Devi, the 17th of the prominent devotees, was the younger sister of Shiki Mahiti. She is considered to have formerly been a maidservant of Srimati Radharani. Purport. In the Antyalila of Chaitanya Charitamrita, chapter 2, verses 104 to 106, there is a description of Madhavi Devi. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu considered her one of the maidservants of Srimati Radharani. Now that was Mahaprabhu's opinion. Now here's Prabhupada's opinion or the opinion of the Purva Acharyas that he reflects in his purports. Within this world, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had three and a half very confidential devotees. The three were Swarup Gosai, Sri Ramananda Rai, and Shiki Mahiti. And Shiki Mahiti's sister, Madhavi Devi, being a woman, was considered the half. Thus, it is known that 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had three and a half confidential devotees. So this gender distinction is not only a part of Vedic culture that Garuda Prabhu wants us to believe is archaic, apparently, uh, I mean, he can clarify, mm -hmm. and, and out of date for modern society. But uh, the Chaitanya Charita, see, Prabhupada translated these books and wrote these purports, not for a bygone age. And this obfuscation is going on by leaders in ISKCON that, well, you know, uh, uh, the, the per you asked uh, Garuda about that, uh, Garuda Prabhu, about that 4.12.32 Bhagavatam mm -hmm. purport. And he didn't really talk about it which, you know, is his prerogative. I'm, I'm not disputing that. But there, there are others. Uh, I don't want to mention their names because we, I want to stick with the principle. Yeah, please. But they, they're, they're propagating the idea. Well, that was, a, that was thousands and thousands of years ago. By the way, that was told to me in the dialogue between the GBC team and the, and the bureau team. And I'm sorry, it is nonsense. Thank you for giving me a platform to announce to the devotees in the United States that they're being misled. Prabhupada's purports are for the here and now. And I'm but, not the one that's saying but, but, it. Prabhupada Basu Goshi. is saying it. Basu Goshi. Wait, wait, I'm not finished. Okay, okay. You know, if you want to respond, okay. No, 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 I'll go ahead it. and finish your thought. Just uh, uh, keep it brief. Yeah, and then well, there was another, uh, uh, oh my God. Well, ah, see, here's another lecture by Prabhupada in Los Angeles. We're talking about the gender equality movement and the gender distinction that Prabhupada made. And the reason he never appointed a woman as a GBC or a temple president. So here's, listen to this. This is in Los Angeles, um, 1972. He gave a lecture on he gave a lecture on a purport where there on a on a verse where there's no purport in the Bhagavad. He didn't write a purport, but he gave this lecture, one three seventeen. I think it's September twenty second, nineteen seventy two. This is an excerpt from the middle of the lecture. Woman, they are generally equipped with the qualities of passion and ignorance. Sure, generally. A man may also be, but a man can be elevated to the platform of goodness. Woman cannot be, woman cannot be. And I'm sure Garuda Prabhu is aware in Sanskrit, when in Sanskrit Bhasha, Kadachit Sambhashanam Karishiti Avayoho Madhye, Kadachit Matkrite Kashtam Nasti, Garuda Prabhavaha, Ete Sham. Bahubachanam Adarartam Samskrita Sambhashanasya Vyasaha Nasti. Aham Navadami Aham Sampurna Samskrita Bhasha Janami. I don't know the whole language, but I can converse. So in Sanskrit, you know, Sutta Sutta Mahabaho. There are many what I don't know what's the technical term for repetition of the same word. Right. So here he's repeating the same sentence in the lecture. A woman cannot be situated in the mode of goodness. Now, you can say, well, generally, and there are exceptions. 
But if you rubber stamp, all we Iskan women have crossed the modes of passion and ignorance, and they're all in the mode of goodness. That's that's also nonsense. Even I, you know, I'm not claiming that I'm on the highest platform of goodness. But but that attempt is being made. That's why Namrasa Prabhu, for your kind information, that they tried to sanitize the issue by changing it from female to Vaishnavi. You know, Vaishnavis are all on the highest platform like the gopis. That's Sahajiya. They're not. They are ordinary human beings. We're all, I mean, maybe there is someone on that highest platform. I'm not saying there's nobody, but generally it's not like that. Let me finish what Prabhupada said. Therefore, if the husband is nice and the woman follows, woman becomes faithful and chaste to the husband, then both their life becomes successful. There are three qualities of nature, sattva, raja, tama. So rajas, tama, generally, that is the quality of woman. And the man can become to the platform of goodness. Therefore, initiation, brahminical symbolic representation is given to the man, not to the woman. This is the theory. Now, theory has def different definitions, but one of the definitions, uh, the second definition, is a set of principles upon which the practice of an activity is based. So if a woman, see, Prabhupada wanted to reestablish Daiva Varnashram, Varnashram, I don't see the difference personally. Oh, there's a big difference. Anyway, okay, what I understand is Daiva Varnashram, my own understanding is that everybody should be a devotee of Krishna. And maybe in regular Varnashram, they're not, you know, concomitant to be a devotee. Same time, Prabhupada has clearly said that Varnashram is for modern society. And I'll read that purport a little later because I've, I've sure, gone let's, on. Yeah, let's let Garuda Prabhu well, respond. Yeah. I mean, I have a load of responses here. Um, just to, to talk about the, the uh, trigunya in relation to men and women. Um, uh, and, and when Prabhupada says that is the theory, he's talking about a uh, again the the structure of of, of of the Vedic vision of society. The fact is, and it, it it's you know counterintuitive, uh, really, if you look around. But you know what? For, forget about that. What I'd like to point out is that you can find in Prabhupada's books places where he contradicts things that he says in other parts of his books. This could be this could be a discussion, and I, I'm not actually willing to take the time to read parts of what Prabhupada said. Prabhupada said so many things about, uh, about uh, women and how special the women are in, in, as, as his disciples. I read many of these things. Um, now, I don't know, uh, maybe they're special and they're totally in the mode of, uh, of tamas and rajas. I mean, uh, I, I don't get the impression that's what Prabhupada meant. But here's the thing, Basu Goshji, you know that place in the Chaitanya Chartamrita, where it stated that even great sages, now that doesn't really apply to me, but it, it does to you and, and others, but even great sages will disagree on points of philosophy. 
Dharma Stapanahetu Shadur Byabahar. It is the behavior of a Vaishnava that establishes the principles of religion. So you and I could sit here, and I don't think Namras is going to be willing to do this. We could sit here for 12 hours reading from Prabhupada's letters. We could be sitting here for 12 more hours reading from Shastra. And I've got it all, you know, here. I mean, I there's no shortage. That's not the point. My point is that it's about relationships. It's about individual qualifications. It has nothing to do with female or male. It has to do with how we can serve Krishna. What is our qualification? What is our qualification to inspire hearts, to, 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 to love the divine and love all living beings? This is our process. I spend so much, Basu, I spend so much time moving, navigating through the academic world, showing them the beauty of, 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 the, of the sacred texts of our tradition. I quote, I say, what's it? The greatest secret of all. Please hear again. And if that wasn't enough emphasis, that was a double superlative. My supreme message, in other words, nothing else matters is you are so much loved by me. Basically, Krishna is saying, will you love me back? This is the essence. If we lose the essence with quarreling, which Kali facilitates, she's a great, she, she's a great facilitator of quarreling, as long as we've got our minds and hearts on the single highest point which Krishna instructs in a rhetorical question in chapter 18 verse 72 that I just referred to earlier this is the highest point you know I don't I understand that India may not be able to handle you know um, females doing puja I mean I lived in India and I did not see one you know Vaishnavi performing puja in the temple. I lived in Vrindavan. Uh, it just never happened, okay? Um, okay, so I understand that India's got certain habits and mores, and Prabhupada talks about being sensitive to different cultures, Desha Kalapatra, a place, time, and circumstance. Those are elements that we need to take into consideration, for sure. I, I accept that. America, Prabhupada talks about here, the, the boys and the girls mix freely. So we take that into consideration. So he engages that. I think India can be engaged too. Um, but never should we ever drop the highest principle, the Bhaktir Uttama, the ultimate vision, pristine vision of Bhakti, which cannot be compromised and it, ca it cannot be eclipsed. If it does, then we have something other than Bhakti. Then we've got Hinduism. So I think that as long as we hold on to that absolute principle, I'm, you know, flexible in seeing the limitations of American culture, European culture, African culture, Indian culture. 
I see the limitations there, and we have to work with them. That I, I do see that. I see that. I, I, I still didn't get an answer to my question regarding if we do institute in ISKCON, uh, you know, that we allow uh, female diction of a goose, there won't be hordes of ladies coming to take give initiation. So, so could we not save ourselves this whole conversation and the whole back and forth, the whole fighting between devotees, if we just, if we allowed it and it wouldn't be that many people? I still don't understand why that's an issue. You want me to respond Wait. to that? Oh, yeah, you are. Then I'll, re then I'll respond after well, see, Basu Prabhupada, goes to Prabhupada had a vision for society. He wanted the Westerners to adopt Vedic culture, Vedic dress. Although Namarasa Prabhu has a tilak, he has a Western t-shirt on. In fact, you know, we shouldn't have stitch cloth. In Kerala, they don't allow you in the temple. That's right. Stitch, stitch cloth. That's right. So, you know, there's pictures of Prabhupada from the 60s and 70s. Uh, there's a description, the whole block of Watsika Avenue was all dhotis and saris, right? So one of our prominent god brothers, who's also uh, sharing the same educational institution that Garuda Prabhu did his doctoral thesis from, so now you know who I'm talking about, who is eschewing the dhoti, the tilak, the sad, you know, and he's propagating Something what I just heard from Garuda Prabhu, that Indian culture is mundane. I don't know if Garuda Prabhu believes that, but Prabhupada didn't teach that. Prabhupada said it's from Vaikuntha. I didn't say it. Prabhupada said the dress, the Vedic dress is from Vaikuntha. So he, I mean, and it's a historical fact. There's letters from the 1967 period when a certain late, K. Swami, I'll refer to him as, by that name, left Prabhupada. He came from India to the U.S., cut off his Sika, put on black robes, and there's uh, extensive correspondence of Prabhupada saying he's condemning him. Let's put it in a gentlemanly way. And that, you know, you should not cut off the Sikas. He called them flags in those days. You should not take off the neck beads. So, I mean, it's a question of are we following Prabhupada here? Or do we want to just, you know, concoct our own ideology, which apparently this senior god brother is doing? And with great, uh, you know, influence on devotees here in the West who are not from India, who don't know what Indian culture is. In fact, if you see the life of Prabhupada, his guru ordered him to preach in English. And his target was the United States, not England. But he got success in the US, so he went to England, sent devotees all over the world. But all, all told, he spent the most time and money in India. All of his money, you know, I, 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 I forgot in the beginning to uh, chant one Maha Mantra in remembrance of a god brother who just left his body in Alachua a few days ago, Pita Das. Oh. Oh. Pita Das, you may not have known him. I, I did not. Uh, I wanted to remember him sometime during this podcast. Mm. 
and it's a reminder that we're all, you know, in the queue. Uh, uh, you know, ahanya hani bhutani gachanti amalayam, right? This is the famous uh, reply of Yudhishthir to Yamaraj in, in the Yaksha Prashta in the Mahabharata, day and night, so many are going to Yamaloka. So, I mean, Prabhupada was a messenger. He said like that, I, I'm not changing anything. I'm not introducing anything new. It wasn't, a, we made it a Prabhupada personality cult. And that's been replicated by the new guru personality cults that we have. And, you know, they may deny it. No, 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 I'm just a, a teacher. I'm a guru, but we have them. But the example Prabhupada set regarding women was not to appoint them and, and there's all these statements like that. They don't want equality. They're happy cleaning and cooking for Krishna. So the, the in-house, is in ISKCON argument by the leaders here in the United States and Europe and the guy in charge in Australia, the guy in charge in South Africa, who's our chairman now, is that, you know, the West is a different place, but it's the same there's another, there's a purport where Prabhupada, or was a conversation. There's no difference between millions and years ago and now. They, there's Janma Mrityu Jaravyadi, birth, death, old age, and disease. What has changed? What is well, new? The yugas, the yugas have changed. No, the yugas have changed. But I mean, this is why well. Mahaprabhu comes. Uh, it, sure. Hella sure. Yuga, we got to do the fast track, Basu. You and I right? got to do the fast same track. Time, same time. Prabhupada. We're in the queue. We're in the queue. You know what right. I mean? All right, okay. Yeah. No, that's, Krishna, right. Obviously, yeah. we all agree yeah. on that. But what we don't agree on is taking the vision of Prabhupada. What about his purports? See, Prabhupada in the purports, these are, you know, the essence of his teachings. And if we contradict those, then how are we following him? And and he's just following an ancient tradition. I could say more, but anybody, yeah. you know, before you I'll, respond, yeah. before you respond, we are an hour and ten minutes in, and I'd like to stop for uh, a promotional break. So uh, we have uh -huh. about 170 devotees watching over all the different platforms. So um, we actually have a promotion for. Gita Nagri. So uh, Gita Nagri is inviting all devotees to come for a Kartik Parikram in the home of Sri Sri Radha Damodar during Lord Damodar's month. During this time when many devotees would normally be traveling to India, Gita Nagri wants to host them on the farm community established by Srila Prabhupada, which is non-different than Sri Vrindavan Dam. Devotees are invited to come for the entire month or for any amount of time. Staying on the farm will give devotees an opportunity to go deeper into their hearing and chanting in a pe peaceful atmosphere. Gita Nagri will host the daily morning program, daily Dhamadar Ashtakam, Krishna book readings in the evening, and guided Parikram and Katha, celebrations of all the major festivals during the Kartik month, community kirtans, cow cuddling, and opportunities for service. So this is the webpage uh, that I was sent. This is iskongitanagri.org slash kartik2021. So you will be able to uh, find out how to register here. And there's also a uh, promotional price for this. Um, $50 per person 
uh, per night for adults with the service exchange of 90 minutes per day. And for children five to six, five to 16 years old is $35 and children under five are free. And when you register, if you put in the comment section that they are registering for Kartik Yatra, you will get a even, uh, we will give them that reduced rate. So you'll get that reduced rate if you um, mention that on the, uh, when you register. So go ahead and if you want to spend uh, Kartik and Gita Nagli in a nice farm community, please go ahead and do that. It's very wonderful. It's in Port Royal, Pennsylvania, about three hours outside of uh, New York City. So thank you, Gita Nagri Dam, for uh, sharing that. So let's go back to uh, what we were talking about. Guru Prabhu, do you want to respond to what Bashi Ghosh Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, the idea of cuddling a cow, I'm going to go to Gita Nagri for sure. I mean, that, that I, I absolutely adore cows. I mean, I just love them. Okay, so, um, uh, by the way, uh, Gita Nagri, uh, Nam Rasa didn't pay me to say that. Okay, that just came from my heart. Okay, so, uh, first of all, uh, Basu Goshi, um, I, I'd like to do my time right now a little bit back and forth with you. Just ask quick questions, yes, no, maybe quick responses. You are aware of the other you know, Diksha gurus in our lineage, right? You see, probably. No, do, do, we, do, do we have a yes or a no? Do we have a yes or no? Oh, that's not fair. Really? It's okay. Not fair to make it yes or no. Oh. Because Prabhupada only mentioned three gurus, he didn't say Diksha. Janava, he never said Diksha. And, you know, I read you from the lecture he gave and where he said specifically Brahminical symbolic representation, the Yagnopabib. Mm -hmm. So this indicates Prabhupada wanted to reintroduce Varnashram, Daiva Varnashram. I'm the minister, by the way, in Iskan India, Daiva Bhakti Raghava Swami created a Daiva Varnashram. Created means it was approved by the Iskan India Advisory Committee, which works under the Bureau. And he resigned and I was a co-minister. So I became a minister for Iskan India Daiva Varnashram. Okay, this, you're, you're using up my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, was no, no, like, I want a quick answer. No, yeah, yeah. The point is women never wore the thread. Neither Janava, neither Hemlata, neither Gangamata. These are the three. Any other names that you introduce are mostly caste Goswami women, and we reject the caste Goswami lines. Prabhupada rejected them in his essay in 1954. And Bhakti Siddhanta wrote a book, and our late godbrother Suhotra Swami also wrote a book about the Upasampradayas. So, you know, women can't give diksha in Varnashram Dharma in the sense of the Brahman thread. Now, th there's another, anyway, okay. Yeah, That's, I mean, see, but Basu, Basu. I can go on, but okay. You have read, I mean, surely you are well read. Surely you have read many statements where Prabhupada said, yes, woman can become guru. Yes. See, that means Shiksha guru and Patapradarshaka guru, not Diksha guru. Well, but but it's Prabhupada, come, but it's, it's a matter of, suddenly there's one sliver of service, you know, my, minus that one little aspect of service and all other services women can perform? Yeah, women are not Brahmins. But, that, but that's, that's not Vedic. Brahmins. That's not Vedic. No, the, the, the women were always the assistants. 
They assist their husbands. Even, you know, I can, how much time do you want to give me? Because well, 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 you're, well, you're going back and forth. You're going back time. and forth now. Yeah, because, yeah. because he, see, here's the thing. I mean, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he had Vaishnavi Diksha Guru. He, he, there no, were Vaishnavi Diksha Guru. No, but let, I'll, thank you for raising this. In the Jaiva Dharma, which is a, a novel written by Bhakti Vinod, there's a scene where the hero walks in an ashram. He's walking around the ashram and he walks into a room where a Vaishnavi is giving a lecture to Vaishnavis. And Prabhupada taught, stressed this separation of the sexes in society, which, as you rightly observed earlier, doesn't exist here. And now it's being introduced in India because India is aping the West. So that's Kali Yuga. But, but Bhakti Vinod's vision was a Vaishnavi lecturing to Vaishnavi. That's Shiksha. That's not Diksha. I mean, the Diksha that Prabhupada introduced, which is in Chaitanya Charitamrita 15.108, Madhya Leela, where the verse says that you don't need uh, initiation to get liberation. Right? You know that verse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the purport, Prabhupada outlines the system of initiation. And he talks about the Brahmin thread. I can read the purport for you yeah. right now. No, it's okay. We, we, no, no, no. we know that one. <laughs> again, again, again so, my, my point is, okay, this, this is actually my time, okay, that I'm, I'm including you, okay? So because I like the idea of dialogue back and forth quicker rather than just a big presentation. So my point is that um, uh, when Prabhupada was asked by uh, jo Joseph O'Connell, and, and I knew uh, uh, Joe when he was alive, um, a fellow Harvard uh, uh, alumna, uh, alumnus, um, he asked, can, can uh, you know, a woman become a guru? And uh, Prabhupada didn't say, well, only shiksha, not diksha. He said, of course, he could be, she could become. And, it, and the example that he gave is said, well, just like woman can become professor. Ah, but she can only be an assistant professor, not a full professor. He didn't say that. Prabhupada knows the educational system. It's, it's, here, okay, Basu, this is the one thing that bothers me about this whole thing. The feminist thing and all this, that, I understand different cultures have different expectations. We have to work with them. I understand that. But the thought that you and I or anyone or the institution can limit what bhakti forms, what, what forms bhakti can take completely makes the whole thing collapse. There, bhakti is so powerful. The absolute principle of bhakti is so powerful. It can even make me sit here and, and, and talk about it. I mean, it, it's, it, I, when I speak about the absolute highest principle of Krishna bhakti and, Krishna, and Radha Krishna Prema, I explained that there are absolutely no limits to the seva that can be performed. Secondarily, there are considerations of practical, like does it work here? Does it work there? Do you have the psychophysical nature? Um, guna karma, okay, it says guna karma, vibhagashaha. Okay, that's fine. Um, the qualities and activities, by your qualities and activities. And the other thing I'd like to say, and I'll hand over the, the mantle, um, is that 
Bhakti is so powerful, Basu, that the reality of the situation is that whether we want it or not, whether I want females to, to offer diksha or shiksha, it's happening anyway. It's going on anyway. Even surreptitiously, clandestinely, whatever, because you cannot stop two hearts from connecting in Krishna Bhakti. It cannot happen. I think this is the crux of the of the discussion right now being that can we legislate or can we institutionalize guruship? Because well, where Basha Ghosh Prabhu is coming from is from the ISKCON right. viewpoint. Well, can I say reply to that? Yeah, please. Prabhupada created an institution, Bhakti Siddhanta created an institution. In fact, it, Guru Kula, the word Guru Kula means the home of the Guru. Krishna and Balaram didn't need to study from a Guru, and they didn't go to a female Guru. He had a wife, and she was the Guru Patni. And it's mentioned in the Bhagavatam what they studied. That's the Vedic educational syllabus. Vedic, Vedic. Vedic, yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's Vedic. propagated in the Bhagavatam. It's Vedic. It's it's Vedic. It's not it's propagated Vedic. in the Chaitanya right. Charitamrita. But it's we say Nigamakalpataruhu Galitam Falam. I mean, <laughs> you know, the glorification of why do we print the Bhagavatam then? If we're not following because, this what's taught in the Bhagavatam. Because right, right the Bhagavatam. No, see, what's happening is if you want mm -hmm. to make the Shastras suit what you want violates what Rupa Goswami taught. Yeah, It violates it. We should learn from the Shastras, not change the Shastras to, you know, support the modern liberal ethos. But Basu, I've, I've already said that there are contradictions in Shastra all over the place. You and I could have a Shastra, you know, uh, contest. You know, we could do that. We could do that for, for 12 hours. See, how, where do we get guidance from? Guru. Prabhupada's purports. But, okay. Guru. I see, I see Sadhu. the problem. Sadhu. No, no, I see Sastra. the problem. I see the problem, and I'm going to... Because uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, you, you mentioned. Here it is, 6 CC Madhya 6135. Pramaner Madhe Shruti Praman Pradhan. Shruti Ye Mukya Arta Kahe Se Se Praman. Although there is other evidence, mm -hmm. the evidence given in the Vedic version, and Prabhupada wrote Vedic version, but it actually means the Vedas themselves, right? Shruti means Rig Veda, Yajur Veda, Tarva Veda, Sama Veda. And the Upanishads. And the Upanishads. No, no, Upanishads are part of. There are four parts of the Vedas, right? Like Ishopanishad is from Shukla Yajurveda or Krishna It's still considered Shruti. It's still considered. Right, exactly. Because it's, it's in the not, not, not to the Mimamsakas. Not to there the Mimamsakas. Well, there's Samhita, Brahmana, Aranyaka, Upanishad, right? They're yeah. parts of the Vedas. So here it says Vedic versions understood directly are first class evidence. Here's the purport by Prabhupada. Works that should be consulted are Srila Jiva Goswami's Tattva Sandarbha 1011, 
Srila Baladevidya Bhushan's commentary on that and the following verses of the Brahma Sutra, Shastra Yonitvat, yep. which means that our knowledge is born from Vedas and Vedic literature. Vedanta Sutra 113, Tarka Pratishtanat, Vedanta Sutra 2111, and Shrutestu Shabda Mulatvat, Vedanta Sutra 2127, as commented upon by Sri Ramanuja Acharya, Sri Madhva Acharya, Sri Nimbark Acharya, and Sri Baladevidya Bhushan. In his book Sarva Samvadini, Sri Lajiva Goswami has noted that although there are 10 kinds of evidence, direct perception, okay, okay. The but, but I, I know all this. I know all this, Basu. Well, I know all this. You know it, but then yeah. the, the viewers. But, but, he, but Basu, Basu, the wait, last. Wait, let me. Let's let's hear what Prabhupada said. I, it's well, you know, but, but this is but this is the point. This is the point, Basu. There's so many things that Prabhupada has said. It will take us twelve to fifteen hours to to go through. My my point is, I'm appealing see, to your bhakti, highest understanding of yeah. bhakti. Bhakti does not override the shastras. No, because but sh because shastra must serve the bhakti. No, that's not what Rupa Goswami wrote. Uh, that's Smriti Puranadi Pancharatra Vidhim Vina without the processes of the Shastras. Aikantiki Hare Bhakti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hare Bhakti is you see what you're saying. You just said Bhakti overrides Shastras. But Rupa Goswami, and we're Rupanugas, says that Bhakti without reference to Shastra Vidhi is a disturbance. So I rest my case there on yeah, this yeah. particular point. It, you, we have to have reference from Shastras. Well, of course. I mean, my gosh, do you think I'm just going to read Tolstoy? Well, it sounds like I mean, something else. I mean, you know, I see, mean Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky's got some good stuff to say in Shakespeare. Prabhupada actually liked Shakespeare. Sure, sure. My point, my point is Shastra. Let me make let me make one point. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let Garuda Prabhu. Hold on. Let Garuda Prabhu finish his thought because he was going to say something. Mimanksa, Mimanksa laws of interpretation are utilized by the Goswamis in in commenting in their bhashyas. and we could exercise those too. And you were about to at one point. My simple point is that Prabhupada gave us the extraordinary example, the extraordinary example of utilizing anything and everything in Krishna's service. There was no limit. There was no limit. This movement would not be what it is today if women just stayed home, had babies, and cooked in the kitchen. But that's separate from being a Diksha guru. Well, well, well no, you're invoking you're the, the Vedic, the Vedic system, which which would then, you know, favor what you're saying. The Vedic system is not what we have here. No, no, that, sorry, but Rupa Goswami doesn't agree with you. Um, actually, he does. He talks, no, no, no. that verse, that you verse in the- You disagree. Anyabilashita shunyam. Anyabilashita shunyam. Empty. But, empty. But that doesn't any... cancel out what the, this verse that he wrote, is it? Let, let, me, let me say one thing. Okay. How many times, let me ask a rhetorical question, which we all know the answer to. 
How many times did Prabhupada say, Jesus is our guru? A hundred times? Two hundred times? Whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Was Prabhupada propagating Christianity? The answer is no. Did he, he tell us to print Bibles and distribute Bibles? The answer is no. Isn't it? Well, what see, is that? I don't, I don't I don't see the relevance. You can take these statements of Prabhupada that Jesus is our guru. And, you know, there's devotees in their classes. Not a lot of devotees, but a few. You know, they say, well, Jesus told the apostles and St. Francis of Assisi said, you know, I've heard yeah. a class like that. I don't yeah. want to mention who gave it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can take things that Prabhupada said out of context. Yes, and you can do the same with Shastra. Okay, true. But if you see the whole body of Prabhupada's teachings, he was propagating the Bhagavatam, the Gita, and devotion to the places in India, Vrindavan and Mayapur. He didn't, with all due respect to Gita Nagari, where, you know, I'm all in favor of and, and cow cuddling. You can cow cuddle a cow. You can cuddle yeah. a cow and get an argument. Have, now that, that's mean, the Iskand, highest. That's Iskand, the highest. Well, Iskand Baroda has 125 gear cows in the backyard. Seriously? Wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. Anyway, you see, with all due respect to the Gita Nagari, Nubrindavan, Nutalavan, which I have a special relationship with them. And they're building a new temple. Let's give a plug here for New Taliban. And don't say Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you see, Prabhupada wanted his disciples to come to India to learn the culture. Uh, Yamuna's cookbook was based on all the cooking that she did in Calcutta and Bombay and Delhi and whatnot. Vrindavan. Vrindavan. No, Calcutta. She cooked in the homes of rich Marwaris. That's true. I, 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 I gave her original cookbook to all of my siblings, hoping, you know, they'll become vegetarians. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in, in the, you know, Prabhupada, India is the place where the demigods are praying to be born, according to the Bhagavatam, 5, 19, 21. The devatas are praying. India is a special place. Prabhupada spent his time and his money and, and, and uh, inspired Ambarish Prabhu to give $30 million, which is only part of the money, going for the TOVP. Another plug for the TOVP. Yeah, okay, good. ISKCON's biggest project. And so institutionalization was a vision of Prabhupada and his guru. Before Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Vinod didn't have... Maybe he had some, you know, loose association of Vaishnavs, but he didn't have a, you know, institutional focused idea. And why the institution is not appointing gurus. This is, you know, this is something that the Western GBCs and I agree on. You know, we do have some besides the TLOC and, you know, uh, the Mayapur Executive Board and whatnot. Mm -hmm. The institution has to make sure, to the best of their ability, ultimately you cannot control. Right. But that the gurus are, that's why Prabhupada made a GBC. Actually, they're not supposed to micromanage. They are supposed to make sure that everyone's following the teachings. Yes. You know, and not by lording it over them. That's yes. another, you know, this is right. the problem 
but it's a problem all over human society, not only in ISKCON. But I think the, the institution is rubber stamping who can be guru and not, right? Well, see, this is a propaganda being made by Ritvikists, liberals, and those who, you know, don't like ISKCON for whatever reason. They're not rubber yeah, I'll tell you, Prabhupada used this expression, rubber stamp. Do you know how he used it? You're a Gujarati, you should know. Namras, <laughs> I'm chastising you. Because Mohandas Karamchand, a.k.a. Mahatma Gandhi, yeah. made the big rubber stamp Harijan. Harijan, oh. Bhaktajan, Vishnujan. We have our Vishnu, but he's called Vishnu Jan, but it's Vishnu Jan. Jan means a person, Janata. Jana, Jana. The, the word is actually Jana. Jana. Right. So the Janata Express is a famous train in India that stops, you know, almost at every station, goes slow for the common man. And there was the Janata Party that got elected in 1977. Prabhupada had the newspapers read to him every day by Tamal Krishna Maharaj in Juhu when that happened. You know, he wanted to know, you know, Indira Gandhi's era ended for a short period of three years, and then she came storming back, but that's another story. Anyway, this rubber stamp, the, the backward casts, no, the, the untouchables, excuse me, there's a difference between a backward cast, which are the shudras, and the untouchables, which are the outcasts. So the untouchables, Gandhi wanted to bring them into the mainstream. He wanted to abolish the distinctions of caste by saying they're people of Hari, Vishnu. They're Vishnu's people. In reality, our ideology is every jiva is uh, Vishnu's. But the people that I'm looking out at a very busy road called Baltimore Avenue, which is right down the road from the University of Maryland here in College Park, Mr. Academic Prabhu. I'm familiar. And. <laughs> And the people in those cars are all not cow cuddlers, they're cow eaters. Yes. And, you know, I saw the documentary on Netflix, Inside Bill Gates' Brain. And they asked Bill Gates, what's your favorite food? Hamburger. What's your favorite animal to eat? Cows. So that's what you're dealing with in this country. You, I, you, you, the opinions are being shaped. The people I, with I the don't... money power are... Prabhupada that doesn't answer my question. Demons. Prabhu, just one second. My question is, does ISKCON rubber stamp and institutionalize no. guruship? And the answer that it well, does, right? I, I disagree to a certain extent. They approve, not rubber stamp. Okay, the, so... See, what, what rubber stamp... What, what do you mean by rubber stamp? You, if mean, approve, if it's approve approved, and, then yes. Approve yeah. and uh, and disapprove who can be guru. And I think well, Guru Prabhu's point is that see, it's, anyone. It's, it's a responsibility given by Prabhupada to his governing body to make sure that everyone is following his teachings. Otherwise, again, you know, you can start teaching from the Bible and distributing Bibles instead of Bhagavatams and Gitas because Prabhupada said Jesus is our guru, isn't it? You understand my point? I think that's an. Ex I don't think no one's. I don't think anyone's going to do that, and it's it's going to be apparent that that's well. A, I heard a, a devi deviation. You, I heard a class where a swamiji, a sannyasi, 
in the class was said St. Francis of Assisi told his disciples. What he told, I forgot. This was 15 years ago. And Jesus told the apostles. I forgot what Jesus told the apostles. I apologize. But these, this isn't the classes Prabhupada gave. I attended them. Garuda Prabhu attended them. They're all, I mean, all means a heck of a lot of them are were recorded and we can listen to them. And he Let's talked let Guru Prabhu respond if he has anything to say. Guru Prabhu, please go ahead. I personally heard Prabhupada say when he arrived in Philadelphia in July of 75 that all humans are equal. You know, men and women are equal in Krishna Bhakti, period, without qualification. I can tell you that from my 40 years of study, I mean, I have the privilege of being paid in the university to study our tradition. Now that's, I call that being spoiled. Okay, I'm very spoiled. Um, in everything I have read, everything I have studied, everything I have written tells me that at the highest level of understanding, there can appear to be contradictions in Prabhupada's words, but in the ultimate, in the with the ultimate view, with the uttama uh, darshana, the 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 uh, uh, the bhakti velochana, there there are not contradictions. There are different angles of approach, and they have to be understood in in a in a kind of um, a whole package. Now, but everything I have learned, everything I have written about, all the theology that I communicate to the intellectual world, and everything I've experienced in devotees, the sadhus, the gurus, everything I've, I've learned, adds up to the magnificence of Krishna Bhakti and the, and the various forms it can take. To, to, to try to qualify that and limit Bhakti, Krishna Bhakti is to pull the rug out from under our theology. And in other words, there, and everything I know adds up to that. This, we have the most beautiful, the most beautiful, pristine theology in the world. It's beautiful. But we can be endlessly lost in the tremendous nuancing of the philosophy, nuancing of, I see devotees getting distracted by all kinds of things and they forget about Radha Krishna Prema. My point is very simple, Basu. While again, I can understand that there's Desha Kalapatra considerations. The absolute um, and, and ultimate uh, umbrella that Bhakti is, the ultimate shelter that Bhakti is, how Varnas and Ashramas can be totally utilized in the service of Krishna Bhakti in all its, its exquisite facets. There is no limit. That is the power of divine grace. And I've seen it. I see it in action. I see it in the institution of ISKCON. I see it outside, in spite of the ISKCON institution. It cannot stop. We, it, Krishna Bhakti will not stop. 
It didn't stop during the Muslim period. And during which, by the way, there are three Diksha gurus that carried on the Nityananda Parivar. I was the first one to announce that to the GBC back in 1978. They didn't know anything about it. The point is this, Abbasagoshi, from my heart and from my head and everything I know, there we cannot limit the seva and what forms of seva that can be in bhakti. Yes, we utilize and engage the varnas and the ashrams in the service of bhakti. That's how you turn the Vedic system on its head. Yes, but it, it, it all makes sense to me, and so many people love what we do and our principles of divine love. They love it. I could not possibly present to them that somehow there's one thing that you can't do in Krishna Bhakti. Everything else, okay, you can a woman can do and a man can do, except one thing a woman cannot do. This is peculiar, and I will never ever write about that, teach it. Now, I can say that now in different cultures, okay, you know, there are considerations. Hey, you know what? We all have limitations, and that's fine. But everything I know adds up to this point. Everything Krishna ultimately says and ultimately communicates in the highest part of our theology, which I glory in presenting to the world of theologians. I could never present what you're saying. Now, just a quick response to something you said earlier. I don't have a problem with dressing and, and tilak. I've got, well, it's kind of worn out, but whatever. No, uh, it wears out, so you have to keep putting it on. You, I, I just put it on before. Okay, when well, I, I put I it on. I was hours inspired out. by Nam Rasa. Okay, well, okay, his, there you go. His crisp tilak. He, he I, inspires I me. Mine. <laughs> he inspires, I look at Nam Rasa, I see a Vaishnava. You know, he inspires me too. So, uh, so this, I'm just saying this from my, the, everything that I've learned, everything that I have felt and experienced, the, the incredible Vaishnavis that I have met, and I've seen them speak to, to persons and transform people's hearts as men. I, I don't know how to make a, a distinction. Some men are not, you know, into preaching very much. They're into doing more ritual stuff. That's fine. Other men are really interested in teaching. Same with women. They, uh, you know, I, again, bhakti is so beautiful. And I don't want our dialogue, because you're, you're an incredibly intelligent person, Basu, and an enjoyable person with whom to speak. I don't want our dialogue to discourage people about the absolute value and position of Krishna bhakti. I really love this conversation. This is a great dialogue. I think the point comes to, still comes back to the institutionalizing of guruship because Guruta Prabhu, you don't believe in the institutionalization of guruship. Bashigosh Prabhu works within the society for uh, of ISKCON in the sense of that uh, he's explaining why you know, Prabhupada set it up, the GBC, how it's institutionalized. So I think there is a disconnect there where it's not that, you know, if, if you don't work within the ISKCON framework as far as the 
bureaucracy and all that, then anyone it's it makes sense why okay I can just become a guru uh, if I'm a if I'm a lady I can give initiation if I don't work within but with, from Bashi Goshpur's perspective it's will the GBC allow that to happen or not? May, may I just correct one thing you said about me? Please, please, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't um, mean anything uh, mistaken, but yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to qualify what you said. I, it's not that I don't believe in the uh, ISKCON institution. First of all, I respect ISKCON. I, of course. My hat goes off to these devotees like Basu, Gopal, uh, Basu Ghosh and, and, and Gopal Krishna and, and uh, I mean, all my god brothers and god sisters who are on the GBC. I mean, their task is absolutely, you know, selfless. I, I, um, I don't know how you deal with all these issues and problems, especially the problems that try to see. It seems like there's a, a correcting mechanism that happens every once in a while. Some guru does something atrocious. A guru that was authorized does something atrocious. What that does is it, it diminishes the value of the authority of authorizing a guru. Now, if something happens to me, let's say I start um, uh, robbing convenience stores and preaching Mayavadi philosophy while I'm doing it. Okay, <laughs> you know, at gunpoint, I'm preaching Mayavadi philosophy. You're dead if you don't accept it. Okay, now, you know, that probably would disqualify me from being a teacher in Krishna Bhakti. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say. You know, but at least the GBC have not blessed me, they, or not blessed, I'm sorry, have not authorized me as a collective body. By the way, individual GBC members love that I'm, I have a private, you know, uh, situation of shiksha and diksha and so on. But collectively, they'll never say it. They'll never accept it. Right. So I have such, I bow down to people like Basu Ghosh. I bow down to uh, GBCs like like Anutama Prabhu and 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 uh, others who, who've taken up the mantle to try to manage an institution that is incredibly tough, and I'm not here to get in the way of it. I want to serve it. I have been serving it. I've never been disloyal to it for 50 years. I intend to keep serving it to my last breath, but I can only serve it with the very highest principles of Krishna Bhakti theology that I have been working toward all these years. Thank you. Uh, we're at one hour, 46 minutes. Um, oh, time flies when you're having fun, huh? <laughs> yeah, it does. Temp Tempest Fugit. Yeah, a lot of a lot of discussion going on in the comment section that I can't even keep up. But if we if I see any questions that are relevant, then I will try to post them. But maybe we could kind of now bring it to our conclusion. Uh, Bashi Ghosh Prabhu, do you want to give your kind of concluding statement well, here? Well, uh, I would like to read two things, if you don't object, please from Prabhupada. Yogeshwar asked Prabhupada in Rome, May 27, 1974, here's a problem. The women today want the same rights as men. How can they be satisfied? Question. Answer from Prabhupada. Everything will be satisfied. 
Just like our women, Krishna conscious, they are working. They don't want equal rights with the men. It is due to Krishna consciousness. They are cleansing the temple. They are cooking very nicely. They are satisfied. They never said that I have to go to Japan for preaching like Prabhupada. They never say, this is artificial. So Krishna consciousness means work in his constitutional position. The women, men, when they remain in their constitutional position, there will be no artificial and then it was cut. So, you know, it's it's nice to want to be the Braja Gopis or the, you know, Dvija Patnis. But the, the fact of the matter is, if there was such a woman who was like Janava in ISKCON, we'd all be rallying so-and-so should be the Acharya, and the, the big guru. That's not the case. What the case is, is Western feminism, the demand for equal rights, men are gurus, women should be gurus. Men are GBCs, women should be GBCs. Men are Prabhupada's example. He did not appoint women as temple presidents and GBCs. He did not appoint women to leadership roles. That's in the Bhagavatam. If you don't want to use the Vedic word, Use the Bhagavatam word. Srimad Bhagavatam Amalam Puranam. There's no fault in the Bhagavatam. And there are no women leaders in the Bhagavatam. Great devotees, greatest devotees, the highest devotees, but not leaders in, in human society in the material world. As Prabhupada said to Yogeshwar, constitutional position. Now, thank you for allowing me to read that. Here's Srimad Bhagavatam 91050. Okay, forget the Sanskrit, right? Because of time. Yeah. Let's go to the English translation. Being pleased by the full surrender and submission of Lord Bharata, uh, Lord Ramachandra then accepted the throne of the state. He cared for the citizens exactly like a father, not like a mother, like a father. And the citizens being fully engaged in their occupational duties of Varna and Ashrama accepted him as their father. Purport, people are very fond of the pattern of Ram Raja. Ram Raja means the kingdom of Lord Rama, Ramachandra, Ayodhya. And even today, politicians sometimes form a party called Ram Raja, but unfortunately they have no obedience to Lord Rama. It is sometimes said that people want the kingdom of God without God. Such an aspiration, however, is never to be fulfilled. Good government can exist when the relationship between the citizens and the government is like that, exemplified by Lord Ramachandra and his citizens. Lord Ramachandra ruled his kingdom exactly as a father takes care of his children. And the citizens being obliged to the good government of Lord Ramachandra accepted the Lord as their father. Thus, the relationship between the citizens and the government should be exactly like that between father and son. When, the, when he takes good care of the children, when the sons in a family are well-trained, they are obedient to the father and mother. And when the father is well-qualified, he takes good care of the children. As indicated here by the words, Swadharma nirata Varnashrama Gunan Vitaha. The people were good citizens because they accepted the institution of Varna and Ashrama, which arranges society in the Varna divisions of Brahmana, Chatriya, Vaishya, and Shudra, 
and the ashrama divisions of brahmacharya, grihastha, vanaprastha, and sannyas. This is actual human civilization. People must be trained according to the different varnashrama occupational duties, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 4.13. Chatur varnyam mayashrishtam gunakarba vibhagashaha. The four varnas must be established according to varying qualities and work. The first principle for good government is that it must institute the, this Varnashram system. I don't think Biden or Trump wanted the Varnashram system, nor uh, what's his name, Boris Johnson, etc., etc. Uh, the purpose of Varnashrama is to enable to become people, excuse me, the purpose of Varnashrama is to enable people to become God conscious. Varnashram acharavata purushena parafpuman vishnur aradhyate. The entire Varnashram scheme is intended to enable people to become Vaishnavas. Vishnur asya devata. When people worship Lord Vishnu as the Supreme Lord, they become Vaishnavas. Thus, people should be trained to become Vaishnavas through the system of Varna and Ashrama as they were during the reign of Lord Ramachandra when everyone was fully trained to follow the Varnashrama principles. Satya Yuga. No. See, this is, this is the misinterpretation. I mean, with all due respect to you and scholarship and your position, this is a gro gross misinterpretation because Prabhupada didn't write it's for Satya Yuga. He's giving instructions for the here and now. This was at the end of his life. Anyway, could you could you, could you wrap you up your 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 yeah. your, your yeah. statement, we, Prabhu? Yeah, we are free to either accept or reject what Prabhupada taught. It's very clear to me. I admittedly, having not gone to college for one day, not gone to college for one day, I admit. And Prabhupada said it's the slaughterhouse of the mind. So, you know, your little corner might be not that teaching those students Bhagavad Gita, I admit that, but the rest of it supposedly is. So the, the teachings that Prabhupada wanted us to imbibe were the teachings of, and, and he wrote their political parties today. He's talking about the here and now. Here's another one. I won't even open the, the book. The purport of Srimad Bhagavatam. Wait, wait Prabhu, no, 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 hold on a second. I, I, I think no, you can no, really- wait, wait, because... let me just- I'm quoting just one paragraph from 3.24.40. So-called spiritual societies concocted in modern times, that modern times is not the remote past, give sannyas even to women, even though there is no sanction in Vedic literature. So the standard is Vedic literature for dealing with issues on women. And Diksha Guru is a subject that deals with female Diksha Guru or Vaishnavi Diksha Guru or woman Diksha Guru deals with women. So we have to see it through the instructions of Shastras. That's my contention. With that, I rest my case. I have all respect for Garuda Prabhu. We, yeah, we don't know each other personally. I'd love to come down there and see his teaching environment. I'm Prabhupada was liberal, but he wasn't gender equality liberal. He was liberal in letting us Malechas and Yavanas take up 
bhakti and take up Vedic culture. There's a difference between being Joe Biden liberal, which is, you know, I listen to national public radio and they're propagating abortion, abortion, abortion. Oh, okay, we're going into somewhere it? else now, Prabhu. We're going into somewhere else now. Thank you Excuse so much. Me. Appreciate Excuse it. Me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Guru Prabhu, please go ahead. A quick question to Basu Ghosh, but it's really a rhetorical question because I know what your answer will be, which is, are you when you pass from this world, uh, Krishna forbid, it's not for a long time, but when you pass from this world, will it be during the waning moon or the waxing moon? That's a good question. Okay. Prabhupada and Bhakti Siddhanta went during the, uh, what is it, wa the, the, God the Krishna Paksha. Right. Okay. So, so, but does it actually matter? That's a really good question. You no, know, it's not Prabhup a good question. It's already right. been answered. Prabhupada said in two yes. places, it does not matter how a devotee passes from this right. world, why or where or any circumstance, because that's the absolute principle of bhakti. It's this is so precious, Basu Goshti. Um, uh, it's it's so it's so precious. This is precious currency. The the, the idea of of embracing an an institution who doesn't try to control relationships or authorize relationships, but only blesses relationships when they are thriving this is this is i see what the role is for iskon to not be responsible for fall downs jump ups you know whatever but rather to recognize over time the proven uh, record of devotees effectiveness in whatever seva it may be that they are offering to sri sri radha and krishna this is our process. They and 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 whatever combination of ashrama and varna uh, that that an individual uh, devotee will uh, combine and however that's utilized is beautiful. And in that sense, varna ashrama is 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 valid, but not in the Vedic sense. I will continue to to insist on that. One thing you mentioned, uh, Basu, is the slaughterhouse. Um, now. You know, Prabhupada mentions on page 268 of the Bhagavatam, three times the disciplines of chemistry, literature, psychology, uh, you know, anthropology are all perfect in Hari Kirtan if they're engaged in Krishna Seva. The intellectual, you know, I know devotees will, you know, they get, not you, Basu, but many devotees will say, well, Garuda is a mundane academic. Well, you know, the, it, 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 no one accuses a devotee of being a mundane materialist when they're using a microphone um, to speak uh, on the web, like uh, Namrasa. Look at that big fat microphone he's stuck in front of. I mean, that's spiritual because he's utilizing it in a Christian service. Prabhupada, remember how Prabhupada would tap the microphone? I heard him once do that, uh, right? He tapped the microphone. So, you know, well, you know, would, would you rather build a temple with a handsaw or a power saw? Well, a power soul will build it in, in, in a tenth of the time. Academic training is a tool, and they're power tools when used properly. If one gets carried away by academics as an end and not just a means, then it's the slaughterhouse. Prabhu, 
I know that Prabhupada wanted to establish a chair of Vaishnavism in Calcutta University. That's right. Okay, well, this right. is hold on. This yeah, is not I, the point of this. The, this is not the oh, point anymore. Okay. We're, yeah. we're we're really going off now. Okay. Right. If you could kind of wrap up your right. So my point is that with all with everything with everything that I have studied over the years, deeply into the Shastra, reading into the Goswami's Bhashas, uh with, with different parts of the Bhagavatam and so on, everything adds up to the absolute principle of bhakti. And everything is tethered to it, just as Krishna demonstrates in the Bhagavad Gita itself. Krishna ultimately doesn't care whether you, uh, Namrasa or uh, or Basu Gosh, die during the waxing or waning moon. Even though the eighth chapter says it's better if you if the only the best if you do during the waxing moon, it doesn't matter because Krishna's prema and his love for his bhaktas is so much more powerful than that, and that's. Our greatest gift to the world. That is our greatest gift. And this is this is how I have to see this issue. I do take into consideration, and Basu, I, I, I've learned from you that, yes, there really are Desha Kalapatra considerations. And I'm respectful of that. And also there are institutional, uh, you know, considerations too. And I've learned from you that and to, to be considerate of that more. So I do appreciate that. And Nam Rasaji, I appreciate the opportunity that you have given to uh, Basu Goshji and myself today to discuss this. Thank you so much. I, I had really a great time listening to both of you. Uh, there was a lot of comments, a lot of um, great feedback also from, from the comments. Again, I want to uh, reiterate, please be respectful in the comments. If there are things that are being said that don't agree with you, doesn't mean you have to be uh, in you know ad hominem or insult someone because of their views. This is ISKCON and Krishna consciousness has so many a huge spectrum of devotees with different viewpoints. And what this podcast here illustrated today was that Bashugosh Prabhu and Guru Prabhu ha have things that they don't agree on. But look at how they've acted. Look at how they've acted. They've acted respectfully. They've spoke respectfully. Oh, they have dialogued very respectfully. And I am so proud to, to, to host this amazing – because the, the, the main travesty I feel in our society is when people cannot discuss opposing viewpoints in a nonviolent way. Yeah. And, and, and what you both have done is, is the exact opposite of that. You've done it in a very respectful way. And I really want to commend you for that. And thank you for joining me and, 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 you know, opening this up for other devotees to speak. And let's take you both as an example. And you are examples, you're senior disciples in our movement of Srila Prabhupada. And, and, and I think people can follow your example. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Namrasa, if anyone wants to hurl any insults or criticisms at me, particularly, I don't have a problem with that in the yeah. comments. So feel free. I, I wanna, this picture was given to me by Yudhishthir Prabhu in Dallas. He took this oh. picture in Hawaii. Oh, was that right? He, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to, in closing. It's right. You know, um, happy he, birthday, Yudhishthir. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, it, what we don't say, happy birthday. Shatam Jiva. May yeah. you live for 100 years. Yeah. It's in the Rig Veda. Very nice. And why why should you live a hundred years? Somebody, a god brother who actually passed away in Vrindavan asked me, why should I live long? I, I'll just have to suffer more. And I said, because human life is very rare. Prabhupada stressed that. Uh, Krishna Seva. Krishna Wonderful. Seva.
So another thing I wanted to say was that if there are any ladies who want to senior ladies who have opposing viewpoints on this very issue, contact me. We'll do it. We'll, we'll run it back. We'll do it with two ladies and see how that goes because people, you know, coming at me like, Hey, you only have three <laughs> men on like, okay, okay, let's do it. Like I'm open to well, everything. If you, if you have ladies, but have one of them who supports the traditional view. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what I want. I don't want to have two who agree because that will be boring. It will be a podcast like 15 minutes and it'll be over. <laughs> um, uh, uh, if, if we have opposing viewpoints and we can have, you know, two hour podcasts. So no, thank no. You. I mean, look, um, at, at 10, 10, 9, Katayantas Chamam Nityam. It's an endless guitar. Bhakti invites endless, endless guitar to Shanticha Ramanticha. So beautiful, so relishable, so ecstatic. Yes, definitely. So tomorrow we have another podcast with Amara Prabhu, who is a uh, an amazing devotee of Lord Narsingadev. He's very into rituals and samskar. He's going to be telling his story. So please join us tomorrow for that at one o'clock. Uh, Amara, Amara. Amara, yes. Yeah. Amara, yes. Uh, and uh, please join us for that. So I I hope everyone will uh, share this post and 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 like the the podcast. We can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and all other podcasting audio platforms as well. Uh, Vashikosh Prabhu and Guru Prabhu, please stay on. I'm going to turn off the live. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hare Thank Krishna. You. Jai. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.